Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on the upcoming elections for the position of president of the Confederation of African Football. Issa Hayatu has been in charge since 1988, but Madagascar's Ahmed Ahmed will challenge Hayatu and looks to be a serious challenger. The president of the Nigeria Football Federation tells us about his support for Ahmed. Is a change that we need, you know? Is that bridge that we need between the older generation of administrators? And, and more on African players in China, with a closer look at who they are playing for. And Stuart tells us that Leicester's decision to fire manager Claudio Ranieri is understandable, despite the outcry. But if you actually look at history in the Premier League, four of the last seven Premier League champions have parted company with the manager within a year. That's coming up later. Well, the FIFA president Gianni Infantino has been very busy of late in Africa, as he's been on a tour of the continent. From South Africa, he came here to Zimbabwe, then to Uganda and Rwanda, and on to West Africa, where Ghana was among the countries that he went to. Well, one question that Infantino was asked throughout his tour was, "How many places will Africa get at the expanded World Cup?" The competition will have 48 teams at the finals from 2026, up from the current 32. Africa has five places at the moment, and when Infantino was here in Zimbabwe, he avoided mentioning any specific number of places for Africa at the expanded World Cup. Well, later on his tour, he did say there would be at least two extra places for Africa, making seven slots, and later he said there'd be nine or even ten. We'll have to wait for the official number in due course. Although I do really doubt that the number will be as many as ten. Now, one hot story around Infantino's tour has been the elections at the Confederation of African Football on the 16th of this month. Ahmed Ahmed from Madagascar is challenging CAF President Issa Hayatu of Cameroon in the elections, and some believe that Infantino would like to see Hayatu replaced by someone who is a closer ally. In the FIFA elections a year or so ago, Hayatu told Africa to vote for Sheikh Salman of Bahrain rather than Infantino. Well, the Southern African region, Kasafa, has pledged its support for Ahmed, and when Infantino was here in Harare, a large gathering was organised by the flamboyant Zimbabwe Football Association and Kasafa president Philip Chiangwa, with 12 heads of African football associations attending, including Ahmed, while Hayatu was not invited. Well, Chiangwa insisted that the party was to celebrate his birthday and his Kasafa presidency victory. But Amadou Pinnock, the president of the Nigeria Football Federation, did use the event to speak about his support for Ahmed as a replacement for Hayatu. Well, I just feel that the,、uh, is a change that we need. You know, is that bridge that we need between the older generation of administrators and the younger generations? And I don't have any regret doing what I've done. You know, because I just feel that football needs that change. And in Africa, for example. We, that's what we lack right now. Because if you look at all the other confederations, after the reforms, after the scandal that befell FIFA, 
all their leaderships have gone. So we believe for now, for us to be in line with the current global thinking, which means using progressive-minded and very practical leadership, we need somebody that can give us that, um, that dream, you know, and that's why we are standing. That's Nigeria's Amadou Pinnick. But Gianni Infantino denied that he has any part in campaigning in the CAF elections. I'm here, uh, of course, for the birthday uh, of Philip, but more importantly, as I was saying, I'm here to discuss with Zifa, with the government, football development projects. When it comes to the elections of uh, the CAF presidency, well, an election is going to take place on the 16th of March. It is up to the CAF members, the African member associations, to elect <coughs> their own president, and uh, it's not up to the FIFA president to say anything <coughs> about that. You know, uh, we are in the football movement in a democracy, and uh, whatever the CAF members, the African football associations, will decide in their own autonomy, uh, in their own democratic mindset and spirit, will be the right decision. And uh, I will support whatever decision, of course, is uh, is, uh, taken by the membership of, of CAF. Well, the Ahmed camp claims to have as many as 35 votes secured in the elections. And with 54 African nations making up CAF, 28 votes will be enough for victory. Well, I had a chance to talk to Danny Jordan, one of the most experienced and respected football administrators on the continent. Jordan headed the organizing committee for the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, and he's currently president of the South African Football Association. He told me that he wouldn't trust those predictions as yet. Well, I think that's what they, I heard those claims, but uh, the election is on the 14th of March, uh, and, and uh, every candidate must work hard until the end. Uh, that is just the nature of election. So if there is such an announcement, it should not lull you uh, in a sense of comfort. There's a lot of work to do. Well, Solomon, those elections are on the 16th of March. And Isa Hayatu, as I say, has been CAF president for 29 years. Do you think that Ahmed of Madagascar has any chance of beating him? It's really... Uh, a task that he's put ahead of him. It's a case of David and Goliath. Uh, does he have a chance of beating Isa Hayatu, who is a veteran with lots of support from the French-speaking African countries, lots of support from uh, also uh, North Africa? And also, you know, you have to understand also that a lot of people have been having conversations that, you know, Isa Hayatu is about time he leaves. And also seeing what has happened in FIFA with Seb Blatter leaving and Infantino coming in uh, is kind of like a, a wind of change that is blowing, foot, you know, all across a football. And I think this is a good moment for him. He might not beat Isa Hayatu, but definitely he would challenge Isa Hayatu. For the first time, I would feel Isa Hayatu's office is threatened and he knows it. There's division across CAF. There's division across regions on who to support. There's divisions because a lot of uh, FAs are looking to support candidate who would bring change because they believe football has gotten to a place where lots needs to change. The Southern African region with people like Johnny Jordan has a lot of network across Africa. I'm sure he would use his network to really create you know, opportunities and, and, and get votes for Ahmed. So good to see that, you know, uh, that the car president is not, uh, you know, is, is not undisputed, but he can be challenged and I hope they're going to have a free and fair elections.
Yes, absolutely. Well, this week on Facebook and on WhatsApp, you can tell us who do you think will win the CAF elections? Will Isa Hayatu retain the presidency, or will Madagascar's Ahmed take over? Send us your thoughts、uh, on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or on WhatsApp plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, and our Twitter handle, by the way, is at Planet Sport FA. Well, now we turn to social media and to WhatsApp. And last week we looked at how China is attracting top players with the huge money on offer there. African stars to have gone to China recently include Nigeria's Odion Igalo and the Africa Cup of Nations Player of the Tournament Christian Basagog of Cameroon, but critics say that the standard of play there is not high enough for players to develop further. So last week we asked, what do you think? Is China a good destination for African players? Once again, we've had another huge response, so we'll try and get through as many of your comments as possible. Let's start with a couple of voice messages. Here's Ebrima Kante. It's all about money. If you look at the UK, their TV rate is just amazing. Some countries don't have that. So if at all China, most of the players cannot have that opportunity to play in the UK. So they want to play in China, and China is having a lot of money there. Well, thanks, Ebrima, and here's another Ebrima, Ebrima Jame. As for me, China is not a good destination for for these top players, man. Most of them go there because of the money, but China is not a good place. As for me, man, I I do not even want my player to go there, man. Wayne Rooney of Manchester United. Well, thanks for those thoughts. And well,、uh, Wayne Rooney not going as yet,、uh, despite the huge offer that he had to move to China. Ishmael Saidukanu in Sierra Leone says, "I agree that the Chinese league is not up to standard as compared to other leagues in Europe. But at the same time, football is money, and for most African players, that's the way to go. And I support it. Ninety-nine percent says Ishmael." Charles Siele in Kenya agrees that the standard is not good, but says China's strategy is not for now. They are strategizing for the future. Mark my words, China will be a football powerhouse in the next fifty years to come, says Charles. Alfu Sine Jaju in the Gambia says China is not a good destination for players. There's no comparison with Europe. All the players are going there for the money and not the football. And Gift J. Piri in Malawi agrees, saying China is not a good destination for African players. Going there will decline their performance. Alfred Mdimba also in Malawi agrees. I remember Didier Drogba of Ivory Coast going there, but his performance deteriorated, says Alfred. Here's Jesse Rando from Sierra Leone, who says no, China is not a good destination for players. The standard of the league and even the interest of the fans watching the league is too low. Now Carlos Tevez is talking of going back to his country because he's not enjoying the league. Yes, the Tevez signed for Shanghai Shenhua at the end of last year for a reported salary of forty-one million dollars, making him the world's most highly paid player. But many of you also think that China is a good destination. Abdul Rahman Lee in the Gambia says yes, China is a good destination for players who don't have the playing time at their previous club. It helps them to show their talent and to earn more money. 
Mwenga Mainbolua in Zambia agrees. China is a very good destination for African players, says Mwenga. One great example is the Zambian striker James Chamanga, who I believe is the longest-serving African player in the Chinese top flight. The game in China has been improving year after year, and with the influx of top foreign coaches and playing personnel, one can see that the future looks bright. Mata Cham in the Gambia also agrees. Yes, it's good for them to go to China, says Mata, because with the arrival of big-name players, it will help to improve the standard of the league. Barnabas Ande in Nigeria believes that the Chinese Super League should be given a chance. Football is a developing process, says Barnabas. The English Premier League and other top leagues have evolved over time. Football in China is on the rise, and given time, good management, and proper structures, it will surely grow high enough. Given the opportunities, I think it's not a bad destination for top footballers, says Barnabas. Siguazayani in Malawi agrees that money is an important consideration. Yes, to a certain extent, it is a good move. Looking at the monetary gains for the players, professionalism aside, we have to remember that by the end of the game, one has to earn something to bring bread on the table. Indeed, and AIKOB in the Gambia agrees. The bottom line is to earn a living, says AIK. And if China offers a better living, so be it. And the more good players find themselves in China, the better the standard will become. Mohamed Bar, also in the Gambia, is also positive. Yes, in my opinion, China is a good destination for our African players, says Mohamed, because it gives them the opportunity to make more money to look after their relatives. Let's go to another voice message from the Gambia. Here is Sambu One. I'm taking an example of even some of our one one of our Gambian player who is training his life in China. He's doing very well there, but.、Uh, I'm wishing for him to leave that country and go into another place. Another place is good for players who are already aging and they are about to end their careers. They can go there, make good money, play to help China develop their football, because already their time has gone and the little of time that they have is only to make fun. Thanks, Sambu. And finally, Sana Balde in the Gambia says China should be that last destination for players, especially Africans. Going there is about making money, not to win trophies and league titles. And I think players should consider the quality of the league and not the money. Well, thank you for all of those comments. And、uh, the Chinese transfer window closed on Tuesday with $411 million spent on players. That's a $46 million increase、uh, on a year ago. Well, Stuart Weir joins us from the UK now. And、uh, Stuart, you've done some research on the Africans playing in China. Tell us more. Well, Steve, there are 29 African players on the books of Chinese clubs. Now, 17 of those are in the Super League. And twelve of them in League One, which is effectively the second division. Now there are six Nigerians, four from Senegal, three from Cameroon, three from Cote d'Ivoire, but we also have Kenyans, Gabon, DR Congo, Egypt, Gambia, Mozambique, Sierra Leone, Zambia, Liberia, and last but by no means least, and you talked about him previously, Zimbabwe. I suppose the best-known players would be Gervinho, who was, of course, at Arsenal and Roma, the Ivorian, who plays for Hongyong, 
and Obafeli Martins, well known for playing for Newcastle United, Inter Milan. He plays in Beijing for Guang, the Nigerian player. And the Senegalese, Papis Sisse, uh, who played in the Premier League for Newcastle and Southampton, is now playing for Luneng. And Czech Tioti, who was at Newcastle for six years, the Ivorian, is now playing in Shanghai for Shaksin. And of course, probably the best known of all, I would say, John Obi Mikel, 10 years at Chelsea, the Nigerian, is playing for Chanjin Teda. And of course, we've talked about Odin Igalo, another Nigerian who's just gone, and he is with uh, Yangbian Fude. Now, the oldest player among the African contingent is the Zambian James Shimanga, and the youngest, Christian Basagog, the Cameroon player who had such an impact in the recent African tournament. And so a range of 21 to 37. The average age is 27, but there are 11 who are over 30 and quite a number in their early 20s. So it's difficult to categorize the players. You know, some have been outstanding players and have played for the top clubs in Europe and are now coming to China at the end of their career. Others are players who never quite made it in Europe, perhaps playing in the minor leagues such as Sweden, Denmark, Belgium, and then have moved to China. Some have been regulars in their national side. Others have never been picked. And of course, Didier Drogba, we need to mention, probably he started it all, the Ivorian legend, after he left Chelsea in 2012, spent one season in China. He played 11 games and scored eight goals before moving on to Galatasaray in Turkey and then Montreal Impact in North America. You know, the timing of this is interesting because this weekend sees the start of the 2017 season. And of those 29 players, 10 have signed in the transfer window and have yet to play their first game. There's a dozen who have been there for one season, starting their second season. There are three who've played two full seasons and only four who've been there for more than two years. Well, fascinating stuff. Uh, Thanks, Stuart. Uh, More on Africans in China next week. But let's focus on the English Premier League now. And we've been talking to DR Congo and Everton winger Yannick Bolassi, who's on a long injury layoff after he ruptured his anterior cruciate ligament last December. Well, Palassi had helped the DRC to qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations in Gabon. And speaking on Skype to Oluwashina Okaleji, he said that it was tough having to watch the tournament on TV instead of playing there. When you help the team to qualify, you also want to be there, but unfortunately to get injured, um, I wasn't able to be there. And I think just you know, seeing the country play, seeing how excited the fans of Congo get as well when they see the country play. I think I, I felt like a supporter outside, if you know what I'm trying to say. And mentally, how are you coping? You know, I've got my family around me and probably the best thing I could have done, you know, with my family and stuff being around me. You know, it's just made everything easier. It's been okay. I've been handling it really well. It's amazing what football can be. One minute you're ruling, everybody's saying, look, it's flying with Everton. And the next minute, you're just there on the ground. Yeah, it happens to the best, you know. So the idol for me, R9, Ronaldo, he's done it two times and he's still come back and, you know, did the business, you know. That's Yannick Bolassi saying that Brazilian World Cup winning striker Ronaldo is a great inspiration. Well, Balassi is expected to be out for another 10 months, and uh, that's really quite a shame. 
Well, Stuart, I remember when he was at his previous club, Crystal Palace, we spoke to fans there who said that Balassi was a somewhat frustrating player who didn't seem to quite deliver all that he seemed to have the potential to do. And he seemed to have done really well with his new club, Everton. Well, absolutely. He has done really well at Everton. But he's had such a strange career because it took him six years in England playing for Plymouth Argyle, Royston and Diamonds, Barnet, Bristol City, before he actually made an impact. Uh, Crystal Palace, he was there for four years, played over 100 games, scored a dozen goals, then got his move to Everton, straight into the first team, playing well, and then that terrible injury. And, you know, Everton are now in seventh place in the league table. A really magnificent performance by the players and, of course, by the new manager, Ronald Koeman. Interestingly, David Moyes was there for 11 years. And then Roberto Martinez was perhaps surprisingly fired at the end of last season, although, incidentally, Martinez had a better win percentage than Moyes. But Koeman has made a real impact. And, you know, Balassi, I think, playing for a team which has a chance of winning something at the best moment of his career. And what a tragedy that he got that terrible injury. And we just wish him well and hope that he is soon um, back playing again. And incidentally, Steve, talking of Everton, great to see the Senegalese player, Idrissa Ghana Gay, score his first Premier League goal. Now, he'd scored five goals in France, but it took him 35 games for Aston Villa and 21 for Everton before getting his first goal. Incidentally, I used his full name because even though his surname seems to be Gay, uh, it's Ghana that's on the back of his shirt. But anyway, whatever his name is, he got the goal and Everton will be delighted. Yes, and it was the same at the Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, Idrissa Gay had Ghana as his name on his shirt for the Senegal national team too. And uh, Stuart, a huge story in England in the last week or so. A huge outcry following the sacking of Leicester manager Claudio Ranieri. Just nine months after Leicester won the title, one of the biggest fairy tale stories ever in football, Ranieri was fired, and the show of support for him has been huge. Yes, I mean, Ranieri's achievement of taking 5,000 to 1 outsiders Leicester City to the league title last year was amazing. But the other fact is that when they kicked off against Liverpool this week, they were in the bottom three and facing relegation. They had won one of their last 10 Premier League games, had not scored in the previous five, and had been knocked out of the FA Cup by Millwall, two divisions below them. So while I have got great sympathy for Ranieri being fired nine months after winning the Premier League, I can understand where the owners are coming from. I think it's essential for them that Leicester City remain in the Premier League. And when you're in the bottom three and teams around you are winning and you haven't won, you haven't even scored for five games, then I can understand them feeling we have to do something. I mean, perhaps it's a bit like Chelsea last season. After winning the league, they went through this rather difficult season where they'd lost nine of 16 games and Mourinho was gone before Christmas. But, you know, Steve, we may think it's very unusual for a manager to go the year after winning the league. But if you actually look at history in the Premier League, four of the last seven Premier League champions have parted company with the manager within a year. Going back to 2010, Carlo Angelotti took Chelsea to the league title, 
But by May the following year, he was gone because he didn't win it again. 2012, it was Manchester City under Roberto Mancini. And even though they finished second in 2013, Mancini was fired. 2013, we saw Manchester United under Alex Ferguson winning the league. Ferguson retired and David Moyes didn't last a season. 2014, Manchester City won the championship. But by February the following year, Manuel Pellegrini was told that his time was up. And of course, uh, 2015 Chelsea winning the league and Mourinho gone. So it does seem that in the English Premier League, because winning is so important to the top clubs, that even winning the league doesn't guarantee you a job for more than a season. Oh, well, very interesting. So maybe Ranieri's sacking was not as harsh as most people think. Well, it was a great win over Liverpool on Monday night, uh, 3-1, under caretaker manager Craig Shakespeare. You know, Jimmy Vardy, who struggled to score all season, had two in that game. Leicester just looked a different team. They played with confidence. And you could say, although it might be a bit premature, that the decision of the owners was vindicated. And one of the criticisms of Ranieri is that he has not bought well. But just have a look at some of the players he's bought this year. Now, Islam Slamani, Algerian from Sporting Lisbon, he's had 11 starts and he's had five goals. That includes a penalty. And I think people might have expected more from him. Daniel Amarty came into the team this season, having signed last year, the Ghanaian. And I think he's done well. He's had 15 starts and he looks a capable player. Ahmed Moussa, the Nigerian who signed from CSK Moscow, has only had seven starts and has really never quite looked as if he's going to make a great impression there. So that's an example of not a great signing. But the other Nigerian that he signed, Wilfred Ndidi, who was playing in Belgium, now, he has played in the last six games, has looked really impressive, almost in the style of Kante. You know, he just runs so much. and He's only 20, so that could be a real player for the future. And, of course, we need to mention Riyad Mahrez, who last year scored 17 goals, but has only got three this year. And Mahrez looks just not to have the confidence he had. And some people might say, well, has he taken his eye off the ball? He's gone from being a good player, to suddenly being a world-class player? And has he forgotten what has taken him to the top? But he certainly has not produced the form that he did last season. And to some extent, you have to say that's his fault, but it's also perhaps the fault of the manager. And I think there is something that can be pointed at Ranieri. You know, why have players like Drinkwater, Mares, Vardy not been able to produce the form this year? Is it the system? Is it Ranieri not adopting the tactics to teams working out how to play against them? So I, I am sympathetic to Ranieri, but I understand why the Leicester owners felt they had to make the change. Well, that win over Liverpool, a big boost for Leicester. Their chances of avoiding relegation looking a bit better now. And uh, Stuart, what else caught your eye last weekend? Manchester United won the League Cup, or the EFL Cup, as we now call it, beating Southampton 3-2, with Zlatan Ibrahimovic scoring two goals, which, Steve, that means that he has scored in cup competitions in six countries around Europe. But sadly, the game was ruined by an error by officials, 
with a perfectly good goal for Southampton disallowed for offside when the score was nil-nil. What a difference that could have made to the game. Frankly, officials must do better or we must have TV to help them. Steve, Harry Kane is scoring for fun. He got three in the first half for Tottenham against Stoke and that is three hat-tricks in his last nine games. Amazing. And finally, in case you missed it, Steve, I thought that Chelsea's first goal at the weekend was fab. Says Fabregas scored against the Swansea goalkeeper Lucas Fabianski. Fabregas and Fabianski, fab. And all four goals, incidentally, in that game, which Chelsea won 3-1, were scored by players from Spain. Fabregas, Pedro, Diego Costa and Lorente. And that has never happened before. Uh, That's amazing. I didn't notice that. Well, that's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and on WhatsApp, tell us who do you think will win the CAF elections? On the 16th of March, Madagascar's Ahmed Ahmed will challenge Issa Hayatu for the position of CAF president. Hayatu has been in charge since 1988, but Southern Africa has pledged support for Ahmed, who looks to be a serious challenger. So who do you think will win? You can go onto our Facebook page and post a comment there. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.